there was three categories in that time in Hungary, everywhere, especially in the art. There was one which was supported, other that was forbidden, and there was between. And we were between that, so we were not supported, but we were not banned. This is Café International. I'm Dan Rosenberg. On today's program, we speak with Daniel Hamar of the group Musikash about what it was like performing Hungarian folk songs in Eastern Europe under communist rule when politicians feared folk music could be subversive and lead to nationalist revolutions. And later, we'll hear how Musikash traveled to Transylvania in the 1990s to research Jewish music, songs nearly lost to history after Transylvania's Jewish community was massacred during the Holocaust. The group Musikash began performing together in 1973 when they were students in Hungary. That was just 17 years after the 1956 Hungarian uprising that was squashed by Soviet troops. When I met Daniel Hamar for the first time in 1997, I asked him if simply playing folk songs under communist rule was considered to be a form of protest. We were attacking, just because we were playing this music, in different forms, not directly, so we never were arrested just playing music, but they didn't like what we do, and especially they didn't like that music started to be very popular in Hungary. The fear was that they were afraid of this kind of national feelings, because these kind of national feelings were easily led to the national independence feeling, and Hungary was occupied, and all lords get power just because of the Russian army in Hungary, so they were not happy about what we were doing. So you weren't arrested, but did they sort of monitor what you were doing, tap your phone lines, that kind of thing? We don't know how we were controlled, but no, there is a chance for us to look in archives, it's legal now, to be sure whether we were controlled or not. I was not too curious to see it, <laughs> but maybe if I will have time just for fun, I want to see whether, for example, my telephone was listened or not. Why don't we take a break and listen to some of your music? The album is called Morning Star. Why don't we start with this one, the third track? Kerekes, Hisa és Sebes. And what does that mean? This the name of two dances in the mountains of the Eastern Carpathians, this region called Dimash. So it's like, like rock and roll <laughs> and, and rap, but of course in their traditional dances.
You are listening to Cafe International. I'm Dan Rosenberg, and we're back with Daniel Hamar of the group Musikash from Budapest, Hungary. And one of the instruments on the last song, you happen to have one here. It's called a gardon, right? Yes. Gardon, as we pronounce, it's a very special instrument, a string instrument with gut strings tuned all four strings to the same tune, and it's used as a drum. So I have to beat the strings and then it gives a rhythm. The fourth string, it's thin, and it gives this kind of clap, clapping noise, and changing the beating and clapping gives this kind of, of pickling, I don't rhythm, which is the only accompaniment to the fiddle. And this is a very old type of music when there is no harmonies except the melody and some accompaniment. Just think about the bagpipes. Bagpipes also plays only one tone or the drone. So this type of music could be dated back to the Middle Age of Europe. Now, just to visualize this for people that haven't seen one of these, it essentially looks like either a small bass or really big cello. It's about what you'd say about a meter long? Yeah, around. Looking at one, you would think, oh, this is something you play with a bow, but this actually is a percussion instrument. I saw you play this before, in addition to hitting the strings, sometimes you'll hit the neck oh, as yes. well. Yes, 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 so just for giving the other effects. And so on. So uh, we can play with the rhythm, depend what the fiddle is playing. The garden player always has to follow of the fiddler and accompany the melodies and the rhythm as the fiddle or as the dancers want to listen. Mm. And there are only one place where they use this instrument, it's called Dimesh. Dimesh is a region in the eastern Carpathian Mountains, it's a valley about 30 kilometers long, and though the Hungarians who are living there, they called Changos. And they somehow preserve this kind of ancient type of music. It's like a ruin of an old European culture. Of course, it's a flourishing culture in Dimash, but this type of music, this kind of ancient melody and rhythm, disappeared in the rest of Europe. So this music is very unique also for us, for Hungarians. Maybe because this area is very isolated, that could help to preserve this kind of culture. A lot of the music that you play is not in Hungary in particular because borders change a lot, especially after World War I. A lot of what was Hungary is now in Romania, some of it's in some other countries. You've done a lot of research going to Transylvania to research uh, with these musicians, learn the melodies, learn about the music. What's it been like going outside of Hungary to learn about Hungarian music? It's because of the history that if I want to listen real Hungarian traditional music, I have to bring the passport with me. These uh, villages are not so far from the capital, but there is a country border between us. And uh, these people now are living as minorities in other countries. And maybe because of that, that they try to keep their identity, keeping their traditions. Do you find that, as you're saying, the, the Hungarians outside of Hungary, they're preserving their traditions more than the Hungarians inside of Hungary? 
definitely yes that's our experience so the hungarians who are living in slovakia or in ukraine or in romania for them to be hungarian is much more important than of those who are living in the today hungary because being hungarian in hungary is very natural but being hungarian in romania it always makes difficulties from day to day so you have to think over whether do you want to be hungarian want to keep your traditions want to be your own or you want to give up everything Hmm. Why don't we take another break and listen to some more music from the album Morningstar. One of my favorites is the fourth one, and translated into English, it's My Mother's Rosebush. Édesanyám rózsafája. Some more music from Muzikash and Marta Sebastian on Café International. Edashanyam Rosafaya from the group Musikash. We're listening to an interview from 1997 with one of their founders, Daniel Hamar. I asked him what it was like finally getting to perform for the Hungarian community in Transylvania in 1997, 24 years after the group Musikash was formed. If you see the situation in Bosnia, you know that there can be conflicts in that part of Europe. So the thing is that Transylvania is a multicultural land, and in, during the history it was independent country or belonged to Hungary. Before the First World War, it belonged to the Hungarian Austrian Empire. And after the First World War, the superpowers made new lines of the borders, which has nothing to do with cultural or traditional or historical borders. So it made conflict. When Romania got Transylvania, it had a fear that sometimes they had to give it back. And this kind of fear is still working among Romanian politicians, of course not among ordinary people. So it made everything which is come from Hungary suspicious. Mm. So that's why you, you weren't able to play, even though there's obviously a very large Hungarian community in Transylvania. They were afraid that if we play the Transylvanian Hungarian music to Transylvanian Hungarians, maybe they, they start to make a revolution, which is ridiculous, of course not, but their secret police was so strong and so violent in Romania that nobody wanted to take the risk to invite us in that time.
was an excerpt from Muzikasha's 1993 album, Mara Moros, The Lost Jewish Music from Transylvania. In the early 1990s, Muzikash traveled to Transylvania to research Jewish music from before the Holocaust, before nearly the entire Jewish population of the region was murdered. They found some elderly Romani musicians who remembered these rural Jewish songs from Transylvania and decided to collaborate on this recording. And we went there with a friend's first time. We found nothing except the ruins of a sometimes flourishing culture. And we have learned that every musician who lived there died during the Holocaust. And most of them brought their instruments to the concentration camp and played to the Jewish people why they were suffering in this camp. So they were great people, not only great musicians. You went and researched this, what, in the early 1990s. What was it like going to Transylvania to research music of what was a thriving community and what is completely decimated? I'd imagine there aren't any Jews left in that part of Eastern Europe. Yes, just after the revolution when it was free again to travel there, I think it was 90, and driving a car in this road we saw the villages and the Jewish cemeteries totally without taking care of them. It was quite painful to see there also the synagogues in a very bad condition, or in Mara Morosiga, just a capital, to see the house of Elie Wiesel, who was a Nobel winner. The house of their parents was in a very bad condition, and not any board signed that it was a house of a very famous person. We went to their Jewish community to ask people, how is the life today? And there was only 130-something, 32 in the Jewish community, while before the war there was more than 20,000. So it's really a killing of a nation there. Up next, more from that album, The Lost Jewish Music of Transylvania. This is Musikash with Dance from Maramoros. That was Musikash with Dance from Maramoros. I asked Musikash's Daniel Hamar what was the reaction when they toured North America in the 1990s to premiere this music and performed it for Jewish audiences in New York and Toronto. First, we were a little bit nervous to play this music because when everybody wants to listen to klezmer music, what we play is not klezmer music, it's a peasant music. The melodies are Jewish, but the style is really a, a peasant style of Transylvania. So we always had to explain that what we are playing is not klezmer music, it's a Jewish music, but not klezmer as we understand the klezmer music today. But after, when Martha sung this Fervor to Sabbath, there were people who were crying. At the end of our interview, we were joined by their lead singer, Marta Sebastian, and I asked her about this song. Even that I was born in a Catholic Christian family, I don't even have to have the religious backgrounds to understand this. It meant for me that the same kind of prayer that my grandmother prayed, and it's basically it's a talking to God. 
make me strong and uh, never leave me alone. That's a very universal thing, no matter on what language and what religion you speak. This is Musikash with Farewell to Shabbat from the album The Lost Jewish Music of Transylvania. For Cafe International This Week, I'm Dan Rosenberg in Toronto, Canada. Bum 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 b